This is Making Light. Julie Hurt and Kate Fogger are soul-level intuitives and animal communicators. This show is about us sharing our experiences in the hope it will help others along their path. So let's go make some light. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Making Light, Two Humans Being. I am Julie Hurt, and with me, as always, is Kate Fogo, my fellow CPP, Certified Practicing, well, Certified Professional Practitioner <laughs> of Soul Level Animal Communicator and Soul Level Intuitive Coach, uh, with my who lives in Scotland. I'm in the western part of, or western part, I'm in the eastern part of the United States. We are here together again, making light to humans being. Today, we are continuing, uh, we are continuing the theme of September, which what we've been doing is taking a specific work around behavior. This month is procrastination. And then each week, we look at it through the lens of a negative belief. So this week's negative belief is not feeling safe, secure, and protected, at which point Lucas decides to leave the room because um, he's like, I've had it. No, <laughs> not feeling safe, secure, and protected. And when we have say, not that, that negative belief dominating, I will say that's the word that I'm being given because we're working on all the negative beliefs at any point in time in our lives. So when not safe, secure, and protected is one of the primary ones, one of the behaviors one may deploy to shield yourself, to help you through it, all that type of stuff is procrastination. And that's what we're talking about today. Ta-da, lots of stuff. So I was actually asking my guides today about using uh, procrastination as a means to not feel safe, secure, or as a means, as a means to work through, as in when you're feeling not safe, secure, and protected. And the one that they gave me, because I was like, huh, when has this happened for me? Or what could we share today? My guide said to me, well, you know, Julie, the only constant is change. And when change is afoot, which is, don't you know, that was the meditation that I based, that was based on today. Oh, that's so funny. There's funny. Um, I, I have this, so I'm going to digress. I have the Channing Nicholas app. And so in the morning, I read my little horoscope for the day. And then whatever the little daily meditation is that the app serves up, that's what my husband and I do together. He really likes her voice. And so, but he's not the same horoscope as I am. I, I have his chart, but he doesn't have the app. So I, but this is what he likes to do. So today's, um, today's, um, meditation was on change anyway isn't that funny so anyway so the guys are saying look the only constant is change and when change begins to happen what julie will typically do and this is kind of my taurus a little bit of my taurus is i like to just kind of mm, i don't think i want to change and i'll just kind of i'll go uh, my i will go really really slow on something which is interesting because i balance my husband out he's really impatient and I'm like, let's just think about this. And sometimes I just don't even do anything about it. But they were like, don't you remember? And then they reminded me that when I got divorced, I was seeing a counselor, a therapist. And she, my mom wanted me to stop seeing the therapist. She's like, don't you think it's time? Like, you've had enough. Like, I think it's, and not that she was paying for it. She wasn't paying for it. Um, she's like, don't you I think you'd be so self-indulgent, Julie? Exactly, right? 
Oh, there's so much there. See, thank you. They gave, I'm so grateful that they gave this to me. So she's like, don't you think you're done? And so I said, went to the therapist as the good girl would. I dutifully, this is in my thirties, my early thirties. So I went dutifully, went to the therapist and I said, my mom thinks that maybe it's time that we're stopping. And she goes, well, what do you think? And I'm like, why? I don't think I'm ready yet. She's like, then you're fine. And then she's like, you can tell your mom you have change disorder syndrome. I think that's what she called it. And I'm like, what's that? She's like, you just have an aversion to change. So, you know, 20 plus years on, I'm like, well, many people have aversions. I mean, we nobody likes, I don't know of anybody that likes constant change. But that's all that, that's the only constant that there is, is change. There's no, mm, it's always that. So anyway, I just remember, and I just, yeah, the only constant is change. When change happens, I don't feel safe, secure, and protected. And so when that happens, then I'm like, I'm just going to not do anything. I'm just going to procrastinate about this. And that's my thing. What do you think, Kate? I think procrastination is taking on a lot of new meanings for me, as I've mm. been very much... Um, even because obviously I, well, I do the editing of this, so I hear it all again, and I'm like, oh, did I really say that? That was stupid. Oh, that was quite good. Oh, we're quite clever, aren't we? Oh, anyway, I do actually make little clips of the stupid things we say, and then and then I put them in a um, box, and I never tell you about them, do I? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so there's suddenly a flurry of old silly out clips on social media, you know, it's because I've pointed Julie at all the things that I clip off and then forget to tell her about. Um, I'm I'm having a more healthy respect for the um, I must say auspices. That's not the right word. The synchronicity, the extent of what procrastination can incorporate. I almost want to look at the definition again Um, Mm. because it's. I've been very vocal throughout this about oh I don't procrastinate I don't that but I. I'm beginning to realize that there are less obvious ways of procrastination. I didn't know were procrastination as in dragging your feet about something. And I will sometimes, um, again, because I'm a, I'm a doer, 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 doer. I literally won't even think about something that I don't want to, you know, like I won't, I don't see that as procrastination, but in a sense it is, it's like, I'll just keep it just out of my eye line so that I don't have to think about it because I know if I think about it I'm going to be compelled to act and I'm not ready and in some ways that's actually not a bad thing because it because it, it's an awareness of the fact that I I want to try and rest it to the ground and it's probably not time to do that so it, it sort of simmers gently and I don't I'm not aware that it simmers but it must do it's on the fringes of your awareness so I'm having a much more healthy respect for actually what procrastination consists of or even if it's not actually procrastination that sort of behavior and all the things that encompass which is really what we're talking about here whatever the word means it doesn't matter but it is that behavior of putting something off or deliberately dragging your feet about something despite it and that's what's interesting is the definition is despite impending doom I think the definition is isn't it is that somehow it's not in your interest to do that well maybe we could argue maybe it's not the word procrastination but actually there are some things where it's a good thing to put them off to the side and maybe just only look at them sideways occasionally because it allows you to almost feel your way around it without getting involved 
I don't mm-hmm. know where that's coming from. That's that's just what came to me just now because there were so many things during the week, and I thought, oh God, and more about safe, supported, protected. Because again, I'm sort of thinking that's not been a big one for me, and I've suddenly had this whole woof where I realise whereas in the past the not good enough and the not worthy have been workarounds for not lovable, which was another one I didn't think was a big one. I'm now realising this is even going to make me want to cry right now is my not unlovable which for me encompasses the not worthy not good enough is a workaround for unlovable my unlovable is actually a workaround for not safe supported and protected Mm -hmm. because unless you are loved who's going to take care of you Mm -hmm. and now it's like now i feel like all my workarounds are actually hinged on my desire to be safe Mm -hmm. so that's been quite a big eye-opener yeah this week to realize that that is actually what it's all about for me that's why you need to be loved why else would you need love mm-hmm. mm. be safe wow and even that to me like the guys are saying there's like such a nugget in there that safe like lovable means safe like you can't be safe unless there's love like that that's an interesting that's it because we were just talking about a course in miracles right yeah um a course and... in miracles and i know that because i've been writing the um acronym akim down i was going why i but it's a course in miracles yeah what did i say did i not yeah. say that course of miracles a course of miracles oh um so we were just talking about that and the for me, one of the biggest things I took away from it was the difference between fear and love. And like, basically, really, those are the two platforms. You're either standing in something of fear or you're standing in something of love. And when, and it's in being able to discern between the two is part of what the work is. Um, and discern between the two is actually very simple. If you feel good, you're in love. If you feel bad, you're in fear. Um, well, not necessarily. <laughs> so when you feel good, so because I just want to clarify, when you feel good about yelling at somebody for doing something that you think wronged you, you're actually doing you're actually standing in a place of fear. Okay. Right? I, I yeah. was thinking of busybodies. I was just thinking of generally yeah. if it's just you. <laughs> now yeah. I have to read this to you. This really blew my my mind. Oh, that's you messaging me. Sorry, I'm just checking my phone because I can't find it in the book. This is a course of in in miracles. This took my breath away. Read this yesterday, day before yesterday. The presence of fear is a sure sign that you're relying on your own strength. That's so fucking profound. Because Kate of five or six years ago, well, of course I am. You know, why, why wouldn't you be? Um, and that 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 was just amazing for me. Mm-hmm. Clarifies so much, particularly about I think where I am right now in my life, which is about um, it is all the struggle, all that struggle is about fear, all of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. if you just went mm-hmm. um, yeah kicked in by the ego thinking you know or telling you 
and the ego is not always a bad thing. I also want to clarify that um, because there really is no black and white, good or bad, <laughs> right or wrong. Um, the ego will try, will work to keep you into, into that, so many times into that place of fear. And that's to some degree, biologically too, the more that I'm reading, the more I'm finding, I'm looking at my books, the more that I'm reading, the more that to some degree we're wired to look for the differences because that's how we survive not being attacked by, you know. I, I agree, but I wonder if modern day, whereas it might've been true for cavemen and, you yeah. know, we were being attacked by bears and that. But I wonder, you know, the whole on nature versus nurture our environment um certainly in the developed world don't know in the other in whether in other less developed countries if they have the same they probably have fear for different reasons but ours everything the news shopping is all about you need this and if you don't have this you're going to die if you don't we've got this um advert for corsodil which is something that stops your gums from bleeding if you spit blood your teeth are going to fall out your face is going to cave in and you're going to die you know all advertising is like takes everything to the nth degree if you don't have this you're either not good enough or you're not clever enough you're not pretty enough you're not fashionable enough or you're going to die you know our whole society is fear-based now all of capitalism is fear-based all of consumerism is fear-based so i would be really into and i know that's that old argument that nobody knows how to measure it but if our culture was not fear-based, would our minds and our egos have adapted out of this fear? Because well, not- that's to me what we're working on right now. This idea of the ascension that we're that we're in this process was a you know you, from an astrological perspective, you can look at it as Aquarius coming around. We're in the age of Aquarius, and I'm going to get that all wrong. Those of you who are truly truly astrologers, you know what I'm talking about. Anybody who follows astrology, there's this movement uh, we're in a we're Aquarius is somewhere anyway <laughs> but we're in this age of Aquarius and we've you know some of us will talk about the veil is thinning humanity is moving forward all the stuff that's been happening has been the the darkness or whatnot being brought up to the light so that we can heal and move forward there's all this stuff happening and I feel like this is part of it too as far as like looking at consumerism looking at the um the backs on which consumerism was built mostly people of color um that type of a all that's being brought up so we can deal with it so we can move on which is all change what happens when we move on though what changes <laughs> i don't know we have no that we don't know that can't be attached to the we can't even be attached to the change we have to allow the change and in, in ourselves surrender to the change and see where it's taking us to some degree to a lot of degree so but we got off to, so we we're talking about fear and love oh and that you were needing to feel loved to feel safe in order to feel safe secure and protected and i said oh isn't that interesting because there's either fear or love that's just yeah there's something there and i'm gonna sneeze so keep talking i'm gonna mute myself my my first sort of spiritual teacher annie would always say like there are only two essentially there are two emotions. One is fear and one is love and everything is something in between. Yeah, and, one of the other, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it's been an odd, odd week for me along those lines because it's 
I, I don't know why why you know safety is such a primal thing like it's not mm. logical our safety per se mm -mm. not logical and um I keep meaning my sister's does has a um telepathic therapy I'm pretty sure she has a pdf you can download about um removing stress in the body because i've been sort of with eva ever has talks about it as well about when your body's in a state of fight or flight which is essentially when you don't feel safe um because i've started waking up again i've got that feeling in the mornings when i wake up of mm. like a physical manifestation of anxiety and i'm not conscious you know it's it's physical it's and i'm not really conscious and it's how to talk your talk your body down out of this state of anxiety so i was gonna download it because you know I, don't, I felt a bit stupid um speaking to my sister because i'm supposed to know all this stuff and i do know all this stuff but it's like sometimes you just want to go over it again so mm. i thought i might sneak to her website download it so if anybody else wants it there's one on there somewhere i'll put it in the links once i've found it um, but I was just wondering what other, uh, and what's interesting, I don't know before we get off topic, but actually what's interesting to me about um, your, your body reacting in that sense is for most people, you cannot talk yourself out of it. Your body responds to fear and unsafety um, in non language terms it's something much more primal so you know you can sit there going but i'm perfectly safe i'm in bed and nothing can hurt me but your body doesn't understand that so if you've been a victim of trauma or abuse over a long period of time or even in our case a lot of stress even though logically you're like oh, i'm all right your body can still be in in trauma and your body you can't tell your body what to do you actually have to like bring the responses down physically like a small mm. child or a little furry bear you know and make it feel safe I thought that was a very interesting it's almost like there's this fail safe in the human body that, that shuts off the mind at some point and goes well you're talking shape yeah <laughs> you may think you're not safe you may think you're safe I know different because actually all the stimuli you get stimulus you're giving it is I'm not safe I'm not safe I'm not safe I'm not safe whereas your brain is actually lying to you and saying you're fine you're fine just can carry on keep going keep going you're fine mm -hmm. anyway yeah so, and actually what they're finding now too biologically is that the body actually reacts and then the mind interprets it so so much because so there's so many things where the human species has disconnected from that well, i'll say i call it nature this you know where we disconnected from one another we've disconnected from ourselves one another and what i also say from the divine the um this we've as we disconnected from ourselves not not only means like our true self and our soul but it also means just the body we don't allow the body to be the informant that it is and we you know even if you read you know dr gabor mate or um dying to be me this other another book by a woman that actually was just so she um she goes through this whole experience she gets really really sick and then realizing it's because of all of these stories that she had been telling herself or the ways that she had 
held herself back by whatever way she was taught to do so. It she developed cancer and I think she was about to die. And then she realized what all was happening. And now she's still alive. She's written a book. Um, and we can put the notes in the or the author. I don't remember her name. Um, I think she's of Southeast Asian um heritage. Anyway, but we don't allow the body to feel just like Ava Baronius, you know, feel through what's, where is it hitting you? What is, what does it feel like? Do you have to move so that the body can move and get past it? So like the, like in the middle of the night, when I wake up terrified about something um, and I try to connect with my guides, like, is it okay? Am I okay? You know, that type of a thing. That's again, you know, using a different part of the brain or different part of the body or whatever but I do many times feel like I'm being hugged and then I there is a woman that I work with she's an astrologer and a psychologist she's Dr. Jennifer Freed and she had in our we I'm going through this book that she wrote called the we're the soul math club but she talked about doing this as a way to like get your brain because you're hitting either side of your body so you're so it begins to bring you into your body. I think I'm going to get that wrong, I'm sure. But that, but she showed us this. And so I've had a couple times of late when I'm feeling, oh my God, what's going on? Oh my God, what's going on? I got to think through this through. I got to think this through, but I need to get back into this. I'll do this. And it just, it grounds me. At least allows myself to go and do a better grounding. <laughs> There's a technique, actually. I'll look that up. And there's something, Hastings, Hashings. I don't know, I need to go up. There is one. I find rocking actually, and it makes you mm. realize why a lot of nonverbal people, you know, it's very comforting. The mm-hmm. thing is, if they're doing bad, Gary go, What are you doing? <laughs> it's like, Oh, that's no good for my anxiety either. Stop shouting at me because it's, you know, sort of half, half awake, go, What the fuck's going on? <laughs> so sleep on your own. That's my advice. Mm-hmm. I do, I've got, you know, yeah it's yeah comforting your body because I I can talk myself down and I can release emotions you know because very often now when I get this I immediately know that I've got a heart wall and I can release the heart wall which is emotions that build up around the heart and almost almost every time now when I do that I'm beginning to recognize it's a heart wall that I need to release um but there's also the sometimes that's not enough and then I have to go further and actually Mm -hmm. do some physical um, yeah soothing I think Mm -hmm. yeah so for you procrastination and not feeling and not feeling safe secure and protected so what all are what all have you been doing or have you done as far as this goes as in terms of using that workaround, I'm not. Yeah. It's more the realization of what procrastination is for me rather than actually tied, particularly to not safe, supported, and protected, but then also mm-hmm. realizing that what not safe, supported, and protected are. So I'm not sure that I've actually pieced together procrastination as a result of not safe, supported, and protected. But in mulling over the concepts, <laughs> I have come up with two big eye openers. One being that the workaround of not safe, supported, protected is actually about not being loved or the mm-hmm. 
not being loved is actually about not be, if you're not loved you're not safe because uh, i was talking with yeah so again it's not about procrastination so not the two together so do you have evidence of actual workarounds for me for procrastination and safe secure yeah so um when i i and this is where the guides were helping me earlier today is the when i need to do something so there and there's a couple of things that happen when i know that i need when i need to do something but i don't um i don't feel safe about it um or it threatens my safety i will procrastinate doing it so um let me oh <laughs> so let's take the i just I'm like i'm asking the guides for an example and they bring my my vision to my water bottle <laughs> which this is the board that i served on <laughs> that I, I was chair of and um there was a lot of stuff when i was well i was really overworking and trying to get a lot of things done for it right also because of not feeling worthy. So that's where overwork kicked into not feeling worthy, among other things. But then when it came to my health, being on that board was degrading my health. It was affecting my health negatively. And I was, I knew, I knew it. Um, it, I had evidence, physical evidence of it. I had a doctor telling me. I had our good friend Sally Heike telling me, who's also very intuitive. Um, and I still was just like, and I had a, a personal coach telling, I had all these people, are you telling me, everybody telling me like, this needs, to, you need to change this. And I procrastinated changing it because to take away the feeling, so it's also tied to not worthy, because to take away the thing that made me feel worthy that would also threaten my safety. And also Alaska itself as a place is very, has a, a really strong, I don't want to say it has a strong hold of me that there's like, they're telling me that's not the right wording. It's a very, there's a deep connection and I can feel it like from my belly out. Like it grounds me. Alaska as a place, the land, the the energy around it just is really grounding. I feel like it's home and and I felt like that board was my one connection to Alaska. So it gave me that safe, secure, and protected feeling. And so to say, I can't do this anymore, I won't do this anymore, felt very much at the time to be able to say that would have severed all of that and would have left me unmoored. It would have left me feeling really unsafe, totally unprotected. What do I do? How do I keep my my land, spiritual, wild animal connection, if I'm not tied to this place anymore, it really kind of threw me. And so I procrastinated letting it go, letting it go until, until actually Sally had talked to their guides and said, this is what's happening. Like 80%, I think she said something to the effect of 80% of the effects of my heart, because I was having heart issues, actual cardiac issues. 80% of it is this, you let this go, it will resolve your physical, which is so cool because here's the thing. So I, you know, I since quit and I just had to have, or she, my doctor wanted me to have a cardio calcium score. And I just learned all about this. So I had this calcium score where they take a whole scan of your body. They can see like where the calcium deposits are or something in your blood or your vessels. I don't know. 
someone who knows this knows better, but I just got the results in the mail and the best score you can zit get, you can zit, the best score you can get is zero. I got zero. So clearly, but yeah, so there's, there's an example of procrastinating thinking that if I didn't take care of something, my safe, secure, and protected would remain intact. And yet. Yeah. And, and I can, I can see that evidence of that in my life where yeah, there's something I don't want to do and it's typically, I don't want to do it. So like, I think actually the whole thing about not wanting to get in touch with workmen and stuff like that, because that's not really about not being good enough or not being lovable because you don't expect that from workmen. I think it threatens my safety to have to put myself out there and have to speak mm. to people because I don't know why. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what, I suppose, because they're strangers. Like it's not something, again, that's logical to me. It's not logical, but it's the fear of rejection in some way, which is fucking ridiculous. Who gives a fuck if a work? <laughs> yeah. No, I won't. I won't come and cut your hedges, Mrs. Fogger. Oh, boo-hoo. You know, but what, do you know what? I Talking about rejection, I had a real, this wasn't even last week. It was a week before. I'd completely forgotten until I saw her again today. Um, I was at the nursing home sitting with my mom and I wanted to speak to the nurses because my mom's got a few issues going on and there's a lot of care assistants around, but there's only like one nurse. And I saw her go into the office. So I went, knocked on the door. She's always really lovely. And I opened the door and she said, is it really important? And I was like, no, no, it's not. Yeah, she said, is it really important? And I said, no, it's it's fine. And she said, okay. It's, she says, just, I've got a, a sick, they had a sick I was going to say inmate. They had a sick patient. Well, I don't know, person. Patient. Sick. Well, they're not patients. They're resident. They had a sick resident. resident. Okay. So I shut the door. Perfectly normal. Oh, my God. I went through an entire, like, flush of rejection. And I'm sitting there going, why am I reacting like this? Mm. what she said was completely reasonable i know it's not personal somebody's dying upstairs and she's on she was on the phone when i'd gone in trying to get a doctor and i went through that whole physical flush of rejection mm -hmm. why does that happen and my heart was hammering mm -hmm. and all of that and like, i'm sitting there going you know trying to talk myself like I, I know it's not personal. It's not that she doesn't like it's you know. mm -hmm. And then of course, yeah, you know, I was trying to be kind to myself, but there's a bit of you, there's a big voice and you go, what the fuck? Why is that, Julie? Why? Why would something like that happen? I don't I don't understand it that it's still so that we're still so vulnerable even when we know better. Mm -hmm. I mean, she came to me immediately afterwards and she said, I'm so sorry. How can I help? but oh but that's I suppose what I worry about when I phone people that that I was actually I was doing so anyway it's not safe support anyway so that's all not safe supported and protected that fear of rejection that fear of being um ridiculed or pushed out or whatever that that uh, it's, it's bizarre but that's all it can be all clearly be I mean, I think tied to feeling not to feeling not safe, secure, and protected. Yeah. If you're rejected, you're pushed, you know, pushed out of the nest, so to say. Which is so so not a thing these days, you know? Oh, but, 
And is that, it, I mean, if your body still reacts that way, yes. is it? And that, yeah. that's what's so so odd that it's such a visceral feeling as well when the reality is in this day and age that you know you're not being pushed out, but you're not going to get stoned to death by the mob, or you know, you're not really in danger. Well, there's different ways we stone people to death now, right? Absolutely, you got trolls and stuff. Say again, trolls, trolls, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, there's different ways we stone people to death. We still do the ostracizing and the shunning. Oh, I heard this great quote the other day for all of us outsiders. I was listening to, did I say this last week? I feel like I brought this up last week. So, <laughs> excuse me. So I brought up the Surgeon General, I think last week, Dr. <laughs> Vivek Murthy, and he's got this podcast. He's the U.S. Surgeon General. And he does this great podcast. And he was talking to his mentor, who was a woman um, physician, one of the first. She's like the Ruth Bader Ginsburg. This is how I say. She's like the Ruth Bader Ginsburg of uh, surgeons, doctors in the United States. Um, I don't know why I make that comparison. But she was talking about how being one of the, she was like the only woman in her class of all men, right? But she made some comment. She she was talking about how young people and everybody really needs to hear this. Where it's like she said, "Oh, do you feel like you're an outsider? Like kids will come to her and say, you know, I'm an outsider, don't fit in. I never feel like I belong." And she's like, "Oh, congratulations! Because when you're an outsider, that means you're of the future." And I was like, "Whoa, that totally hit me in a good way." Because I just thought, because I've always felt like an outsider in my own family and in most places, right? Except for, uh, except for our our community that we're a part of with Danielle McKinnon. Um, that's like the one place I don't feel like an outsider. And here at home, I don't feel like an outsider here at home. Although I did it first when I first started doing this. I'm thinking back, you know, I felt like he wouldn't, my husband wouldn't understand it. He's actually super supportive. Um, anyway, but that rejection thing. You know, like, if someone rejects you, yeah. I guess it comes back to, because um, uh, I was at boarding school, and although I was never, like, bullied, like, ruthlessly or anything like that, um, we had a strange group. Our group, our dormitory was a very strange mix of people. Just I don't know why. I don't know if we were leftovers from other groups so I had. A girl who was in my class who was a friend of mine then we had a girl who was the same age of us but was in the younger year and then there were two girls that were although they weren't one of them was a bit older and her sister was probably our age but they were very much more mature than us like years more mature than us just because of different ways of being brought up and uh so it was an odd mix and the last person who arrived on a sunday before school started used to be ostracized for whatever random no reason given um so I and I had been on both sides of that I had been the one who was ignored and I had been one who ignored because you just Mm. went along with it and I don't know if it just brings all that back because that was all sort of like something that that was uh, not terrifying it was just horrible it's just Mm -hmm. to be with a group of people and then to, to act like you're not there at all yeah um, and I don't really understand why, and I don't, and I, and I'm ashamed to say I went along with it the next year when it wasn't me, because I didn't want to be the outsider again. I didn't want to be the one 
didn't last very long it's only a few weeks but you know it's it's a tough time it's hard yeah yeah the girls were behind it with the the older ones again which I didn't really understand but even one of them was a victim of it one time it's almost like everybody got in the room and started talking bitching about the person who's not there so that by the time they came they were I don't know like who, who comes out with this shit patriarchy no I don't know what to say <laughs> it was all girls actually <laughs> I know I know but like we're taught to go against one another sorry I like I try to pull the Elise Lunin um on our best behavior book and and patriarchy into everything now which drives Brad crazy in a fun way because he thinks it, he does it he sees it I'm off topic but anyways my question to you was <laughs> rejection this fear of rejection do you procrastinate in an in an effort to not tangle with that fear of rejection? Yes, I think that's what the workman okay. is about. Which again, you know, logically, where's the connection between finding a workman and a potential of rejection? But, you know, who knows how the mind works? Right. Because I don't, I don't think it's any of the other negative beliefs because I don't care if the workman knows if I'm not good enough or not worthy or what, you know, those those are yeah. not. But but the, it is the rejection thing and... Um, I had a, my accountant, well, he wasn't actually my accountant. So this is a gentleman I went to see and he was very helpful when I started the business with the shed because there's a lot of tax implications, especially given the building work and what tax relief I could get for that. Um, and, you know, how I love a spreadsheet. Obviously, I kept immaculate um, records and everything. And then when it actually came to filing a tax, not the first year, but the second year, because actually the whole year of building and I had all these expenses that could or couldn't be claimed and all had to go through them all and they said not to file the taxes the first year but the next year because until you start making money you don't file the expenses so I had two years worth of immaculate accounts and he just stonewalled me and stonewalled me and stonewalled me until I was just like what the fuck's going on and then I got a really odd email from him firing me as a client you know and I that went woof straight into not safe supporting and protecting because that's like mm-hmm. clearly he you know everything logical goes something's going on in his life he's fucking lost it but i went into i'm too much i asked too many questions you know this is ridiculous kate that's why you have an accountant i can do everything else myself why do i need an accountant because i need him to answer the tax questions that i can't answer mm-hmm. if it's if it's logical stuff i can fucking read the internet same as everybody else i can yeah. read the rules it's the subtleties I don't understand. But whoa, I went through a real big, you know, I never paid him. I never paid him for all the time that he'd spent because I was like, you, he did it like literally two or three days before the deadline and I just had to do it all myself. Wow. Um, but yeah, immediately into, there's something wrong with me. I'm the, you know, and it, so I, I guess there's a bit of not lovable in there, but given the, the fact that it's not somebody you have that relationship with, it, it, I think it comes down to I'm I'm not safe because you think I'm different. I'm the outsider. So mm-hmm. therefore I'm not safe. I'm not I'm not accepted. I'm not part of the clan or the group or the whatever that that yes, there is a theme with that. So maybe it's but I mean that's only happened two or three years ago. My fear of workmen, mechanics, predominantly men, of course. Um, I think that's not safe, supported and protective, not not wanting, I don't know, not what just just not wanting, just not wanting to go there. So I just won't until it absolutely has to be done. Yeah. And even the not wanting to go there, that's procrastination too. Totally. totally. Just yeah. like pretend it hasn't happened. Huh. Isn't it interesting how much more fraught this was than like than I originally thought? Because I thought, yeah, I think- okay, I 
I'm not a huge procrastinator, but do yeah. I? And then my guys are like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that, what are we going to talk about? Okay, We're going to run out of steam after a week. We'll be like, that. <laughs> that's one dry. We'll have to start another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instead, it's like, oh my gosh, look how long we've been talking about this. We've got to go. <laughs> yeah. So procrastination as a way to not look at safe, to, as a way to not feel safe, secure, and protected. Or to feel safe, secure, and protected. We'll see. But yeah, clearly lots there. So. Yes. Awesome. Well, I guess that wraps it up then, Julie, for another week. And next week we will be, I think, starting our next theme. Which yep. I want to say, is it bravery? It is. It is bravery. Woo! <laughs> Ten points for Miss Forgo. Right. So we start with non-bravery, which I think we start with not worthy. Um, I don't know. I wrote I'm, out the schedule. And notes, I, it will surprise you. We'll surprise, we'll surprise you. We might mix it up. We might make it something completely different. But our next theme is bravery, which is another one where I, you know, I have no idea where this is going to go, Julie, but let's see. Um, okay. So uh, you may follow us here on YouTube. Please do. Please subscribe. You have 98 subscribers last time I looked. Um, please let's make it to 100. Please forward us on to your friends and family or anyone who you think would enjoy us. And we are coming to a podcast near you very soon. Very soon. I have done my research. I'm ready to press the big red button. I just need to sort out a few admin details on how to do that. And then we will, you'll be able to, but then you won't be able to see our beautiful faces. So, you know, that's not true oh well yes you can still do the youtube right yes we'll still be doing a youtube absolutely so please join us mm -hmm. here um do subscribe here you may also follow us on facebook and on instagram and we are making light to humans being julie hurt and kate Bogo, and wishing you a very good evening <laughs>